Welcome back, listeners, to Mysteries with Sayla. I'm your host, Sayla, Sayla, and today we will be discussing the Stanley Hotel, which is located in Estes Park. So, to start this episode, we will be discussing the man who the Stanley Hotel was named after, and also the same man that built the Stanley Hotel. His name is F.O. Stanley, or Freeland Oscar Stanley. So, Freeland Oscar Stanley was an American inventor, entrepreneur, hotelier, and architect. School children used the Stanley practical drawing set. Photographers used photographic plates, and all which made him a multimillionaire. And with his twin brother, they created the Stanley Motor Carriage Company. The Stanley Steamer had a top speed of 127 miles per hour, which made it the fastest vehicle on Earth at the time. In 1903, F.O. Stanley was given less than six months to live due to to tuberculosis. The doctor recommended fresh, dry air, sunlight, and a healthy diet, but he would likely be dead before summer's end. Like many with the same diagnosis, Stanley and his wife headed for the Rocky Mountains. It was not an easy trek from Massachusetts, but his doctor promised to come in September to bring Stanley's body back for burial. However, within just a few months, Stanley was hiking five miles a day and nowhere near death's door. Naturally, he fell madly in love with the valley in Estes Park that gave him a second chance at life and decided to return every every summer. When Stanley first stepped foot in Colorado, he looked like the walking dead. At 5'11", which was quite tall at the time, he weighed only 118 pounds and had one foot in the grave. Just four years later, he was completely recovered and in the best shape of his life. In fact, he lived to be 91 years old. Recovery did not stop the Stanleys from returning to this healthy environment, but they were a little tired of the rugged lifestyle that the current accommodations allowed. So in 1907, he was determined... So, in 1907... He was determined to turn Estes Park into a resort town, so he began construction of the famous Stanley Hotel. He also built a hydroelectric plant up in the mountains so that the hotel could be all electric. He even had phones in every room. The main hotel and concert hall were completed in 1909. Guests had arrived by train that arrived by train were ushered to the hotel by a fleet of specially designed steam-powered vehicles called Mountain Wagons. The Stanley was a summer resort, so heat was not added until 1979. Other than that, the hotel is basically the same as it was when it opened. The Stanley Hotel National Register Historic District contains 11 structures, including the main hotel, the concert hall, a carriage house, manager's cottage, gatehouse, and the lodge, a smaller bed and breakfast originally called Stanley Manor. Now, we're going to talk about why the Stanley Hotel um, inspired, or how it inspired, the book The Shining by Stephen King. In the 1970s, the Stanley Hotel was experiencing a downward spiral. Its splendor had faded, and other accommodations were with more modern amenities. Like heat and air conditioning was taking most of the business. It also had a reputation of being haunted, which wasn't a selling point back then. 
the Stanley seemed doomed for the Wrecking Ball after 1974, when an up-and-coming horror author checked in with his wife. That faithful night would not only elevate the literary horror genre and set Stephen King on his path to greatness, but it completely altered the destiny of the Stanley Hotel. King and his wife, Tabitha, were living in Boulder for a short time, and King was struggling with his latest project, Darkshine. He was looking for an isolated setting for the novel, and locals suggested Estes Park for inspiration. The Kings had heard about the Stanley and wanted to check it out. They found themselves the only guests that night, as the next day, the hotel was closing for the season. They were served dinner in an empty room, with chairs on every table but theirs. Tabitha retreated to their room, numbered 217, while, the, while King wandered the long empty corridors listening to canned music and visiting and visited bartender Grady in the hotel bar. The Stanley, Ho- Stanley Hotel's remote location, grand size, and eerie desolation had King's imagination running wild. He even claims it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. In a retelling about the night, King said, I dreamed about of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair looking out the window at the Rockies. And by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind. Now, I will be talking directly about The Shining, which is a book by Stephen King and was turned into a 1980 film adaptation by Stanley Kubrick. You may notice that in Kubrick's 1980 film adaptation of The Shining, the famous bathtub scene takes place in room 237. That is because the Timberline Lodge in Oregon, where Kubrick's exterior shots were filmed, did not embrace ghosts quite like the Stanley, and they asked that the number be changed to a non-existent room. While the movie was a huge success and a huge revolution for horror films, it is no secret Stephen King was not a fan. It is easy to understand how Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jack Torrance is both brilliant and incredibly misconceived. King wrote Torrance's Descent to Madness as a slower, more surprising plummet. Nicholson, while perfectly capturing the character's final and fatal temperament, was arguably a bit, a bit extreme to begin with. Kubrick also portrayed Wendy as a blubbering weakling, not to mention the emotional torture he put actress Shelley Duvall through to produce such drive, such drivel. If you are a Stephen King fan, know that he is well known for writing strong female characters, and Wendy was no exception. In 1996, King, along with Warner Brothers, produced Stephen King's The Shining, a miniseries written by King himself. King made sure that filming happened at the Stanley Hotel, where his whole story began. A playhouse version of the Stanley was a, had it, that adorned the lawn of the Overlook Hotel in the series is now on display in the basement of the Stanley. Now we will be discussing the ghosts and why I decided to include this place in this podcast. The Stanley, the ghosts of the Stanley Hotel. The Stanley Hotel has been called Disneyland for ghosts. It's hosted countless paranormal investigations, including themes by Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. 
Guests can get in on the action with the, Stan- with the Stanley's Ghost Adventure Package, where they are assigned a room on the fourth floor. Complete with ghost hunting equipment and a mug with the famous message, Red Rum. Ghostly occurrences are reported in almost every room of this vast hotel. Some shadowy figures, eerie laughter, flickering lights, to items moving on their own. The Stanley Hotel has all your favorite phenomena. If you get too spooked, just find a member of the cleaning staff. Apparently, the ghosts hate vacuum cleaners. Every time someone vacuums, machines go haywire and turn off, or the plugs come flying out of the wall. Room 217. Though the Overlook Hotel from The Shining is fictional, as are the characters within, Room 217, the one that the king stayed in and is prominent in the novel, remains Stanley's most requested accommodation. I can assure you, I can assure you, there's no woman in the bathtub. But that doesn't mean that the room isn't haunted. In 1911, during a large storm, the head housekeeper, Mrs. Wilson, was lighting the lanterns in 217 when there was an explosion. Elizabeth was blasted through the floor into the McGregor dining room below. Believe it or not, she survived with only two broken ankles. Now she spends most of her afterlife still taking care of the room. Guests have reported things moved, luggage unpacked, and lights being turned on and off. Miss Wilson is very old-fashioned. She isn't a fan of unmarried guests sleeping in the same bed, so some couples have reported feeling a cold force come between them. When they wake up, they often find that the man's things have been packed with luggage by the door. Actor Jim Carrey stayed in room 217 when the Stanley Hotel was used for filming in his film Dumb and Dumber. He reportedly got so spooked that he ran from the room half-naked in the middle of the night. Some of the film's crew also got the creeps in this room. The stunning staircase between floors in the hotel's lobby has been dubbed the Vortex. It's a tornado of spiritual energy, some sort of a paranormal portal for all the ghosts that visit the hotel. Guests report cold spots and feeling dizzy on the stairs, as though something just walked right through them. Orbs and distortions have been caught on camera. Mr. and Mrs. Stanley have even been seen hand-in-hand walking over the hustle and bustle from the grand staircase. The concert hall, the concert hall. The concert hall was built by F.O. Stanley as a gift for his wife, Flora. The stage features a trapdoor used for electrical entrances, theatrical entrances and exits. The lower level once housed a two-lane bowling alley. The hall underwent extensive repair and renovation in 2000, but it is a favorite spot of Flora Stanley's. She has been known to play the piano well into the night. Another spirit found of the fond of the concert hall is Paul. Among other duties, Paul used to enforce the 11 p.m. curfew in the hotel's early days. Guests and employees report hearing someone telling them to get out late at night. A construction worker was doing some work on the floors in the concert hall when he felt someone nudge him several times until he left. Paul is a big fan of the tour groups, often flickering their light flashlights upon request. Now, we will be discussing the fourth floor. Guests staying on the fourth floor report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, and playing. The closet doors tend to open and shut on their own. More than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. 
Later, it became lodging for female employees, children, and nannies. Could it be that the Grady twins are more than fabrications of King's macabre imagination? Room 428 has reports of the sound of footsteps and furniture moving about. But the real haunt is a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. Obviously, many friendly cowboys have spent a night or two at the Stanley Hotel over the years, but there's no indication of one dying in the building. Those that know their Estes Park history believe this to be the spirit of Rocky Mountain, Jim Nugent. This is especially because he mostly appears to be the ladies, sometimes giving him a ghostly kiss. The Ice House. Before indoor refrigeration, the Stanley Hotel had an outbidding building to house large blocks of ice. The Ice House had been remodeled into a museum containing some of the original Stanley steamer cars. It is also two spirits that have been seen inside. Billy is a shy kid that shows up as a blurry figure in photographs. Pet Cemetery. Existing long before King's novel Pet Cemetery, there stood an actual pet cemetery outside the Stanley Hotel. There are two beloved pets interred here that like to make appearances around the hotel. Cassie, the golden retriever, and Comanche, a fluffy white cat. Comanche, or Comanche, a fluffy white cat, have both been seen and heard all around the property. Underground Caves. If you take the 75-minute historic Stanley night, you will get an in-depth look at the underground cave system beneath the hotel. The caves have a high concentration of limestone and quartz, which some believe help capture paranormal energy. It has been used by employees to get around the hotel, and it would seem that at least one of them is still down there. Current employees say that the smells of home-baked goods linger in the tunnel with no apparent source. They attribute this to the pastry chef who worked for the Stanleys when the hotel opened. There is also, also a gray cat stalking about with bright green glowing eyes. He's not known to be from the pet cemetery, so perhaps he came from wherever those mysterious tunnels once led. The Hedge Maze. The open area in front of the Stanley Hotel was once originally a long driveway for Stanley steamers and a promenade for guests to enjoy the views. In 2015, it was replaced by a hedge maze. There was also They held a competition where they chose the design from 300 global entries. This was done to connect the hotel to Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining, which inter introduced the suspense-provoking hedge maze. In King's novel, Lana on the Overlook, hotel was adorned with topiary animals. While no specific ghosts have reported inside, people tend to get panicky and have trouble breathing while navigating the maze. Epilogue. The Stanley Hotel is a top destination for ghost hunters, horror fans, adventure seekers, health enthusiasts, and nature lovers alike. You, you don't have to stay overnight to experience all that the hotel has to offer. Tours are available daily, and each restaurant, bar, museum, or spa offers a unique experience. Literally, literally brought back from the dead, thanks to one of the most famous and successful writers of all time, it's no wonder the Stanley Hotel is considered among the most haunted hotels in the world. If you are brave enough to visit, the Stanley Hotel is waiting with, arm, with wide open arms. And that concludes today's episode of Mysteries with Sela. I hope you all enjoyed, and sadly, that is today's episode is the last episode of this first, our first season. 
of this podcast. I hope you all tune in to next week when we have our first, our introduction to the new season and our first episode.